Hello everyone, and we're glad to be doing a Worship Wednesday with you today. Jody. I'm excited about this one that we're doing, aren't you? Oh yes, I love this uh, opportunity to show how songs can be either gospel, biblical, or just pretty. Yeah, right. that's what we're doing, and we're doing the good, the bad, and the ugly, so some songs are really good, and we emphasize them, and we love them. Some songs aren't so good um, because they leave out the message of the gospel, and that's one that we have today. What's our song that we're doing today? Today is a extremely popular song, award-winning song, mm. and it's called The Blessing by Elevation Worship. Okay, The Blessing by Elevation Worship. Right. So one thing we have to say about this song is that it's really pretty. It's gorgeous. That the intention behind it is probably really good. They want to bless people. The problem with it is that it's Old Covenant, not New Covenant, meaning it it addresses the Old Covenant that Jesus fulfilled at the cross and through his resurrection. Right. So we, we want to look at the lyrics here, and why don't you go ahead and read the lyrics, and then we'll talk about them. Okay, well, it's a really short song, and it, it, it's just a direct excerpt from Scripture. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and be gracious to you, the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen, amen, amen. Okay. That's so it. this is a blessing that was pronounced by Aaron, who was the high priest of the Old Covenant. So it was a blessing in the Old Covenant for the purpose specifically of pointing forward to the Messiah. Yes. So in essence, what they were doing was, I pray for the Messiah to come who will bless you, right. who will keep you. When the Messiah comes, God's going to turn his face towards you mm-hmm. and, and make his face shine upon you. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about something that pointed forward to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so why do we have a problem with people singing this today? Is there a problem with singing this today? or? Well, the, the problem is that it sends a a wrong message to the person hearing it to the person singing it because it's a futuristic it's a um and it it forgets what's already happened right um we've got ephesians 1 i was thinking of this earlier ephesians 1 verse 3 all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. And his death on the cross and his resurrection, in that we were united with him. We, we never to be separated. Right. right. And so we have received it. So when we sing, the Lord bless you and keep you, it's as if he hasn't, which... Ah. Yeah, and, and it's also a looking forward to something that has come in the past. Yes. Um, the, the first line in this says, The Lord bless you and keep you. And you can picture Aaron, the, the high priest, as he would stand up with all his robes on that all pointed forward to Christ. And he would raise both hands and pronounce this blessing on the people. And the Lord bless you. Bless means to abundantly benefit, and keep means to guard, protect, or preserve. And so what he's praying for is the Lord himself to come and benefit his people and to secure them, to keep them, to guard them. 
So as Jesus came as the great high priest over the new covenant, he fulfilled each of these things. He did. So we aren't wanting to look ahead at some point and say, oh, it sure would be nice if the Lord were to bless you at some point. Um, And how would you know if he is? See, that's the problem right there, because especially those who are very new to Christ or um, not well-versed in the scriptures or maybe don't understand the gospel very well, they think, the Lord bless you. Oh, that means that he's going to make me well. Um, he's going to give me a good job. He's going to whatever, fill in the blank. In their mind, those blessings frequently are focused on temporary things. And and the Bible uh, invites us through the gospel to set our minds on things above, where Christ is seated, eternal things that will that are not corruptible, that cannot fade right. away, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and the second line reads, The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Um, if you think about God shining his face on his people, um, it's the opposite of God hiding his face from them. And you might look at Deuteronomy 31 for an example. In verse 17 it says, Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them and hide my face from them, and they will be devoured. So here's God coming against people because of their sin, saying, I'm going to hide my face. The ironic blessing prays for God to make his face shine upon you. And this was fulfilled at the cross when Jesus took your sin on himself. God frowned at Christ and smiled at you. He did. And brought the blessing of the ironic prayer here, this ironic Ironic. When we say ironic, we mean Aaron. A A R O N. Right. Ironic. Yeah. yeah. And Aaron would stand up to seek the blessing of God upon the people. And Jesus, you can look at him on the cross. What's he doing? He's being cursed. Right. Why? To bring the blessing to all who believe. Right. He's suffering that we might receive forgiveness. Right. He has paid the price, thereby canceling our debt. Yes. If you're listening today, you ought not be saying and praying, God, please bless me. Please make your face shine upon me. Right. Wait a minute. He already has. Look at the cross and you'll see it. Right. Uh, Paul speaks about this in 2 Corinthians because he says, For God who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Right? Ah, beautiful. See, right? He, he has shined on us through Jesus. And we don't want to point anyone to a future shining when we've already, it's like you already have this. This has already been done for you. You don't need someone to speak this blessing over you anymore because Christ has blessed you. Yes, he has come. He's the and, answer. That's right. And he has fulfilled the old. Yeah. So we don't, I remember back when we were uh, living at a different place and going to a different church, uh, the pastor would finish every sermon by raising both of his hands and pronouncing this forward-looking blessing upon the people. It was a Reformed uh, church that was heavily law-based, and unfortunately, when, when they do that, people are blinded 
to what God has already done in Christ. This third phrase, it says, the Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Well, we know that God has given us peace already in Romans 5, (laughs) verse 1 and 2. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We aren't praying for at some point in the future, we might receive the peace of God. God, in essence, declared war on his own son on the cross to bring us peace, to bring us into right relationship through the suffering of his son. Right. I was thinking of that exact verse because it says, um, the Lord be gracious to you, right? And that verse two of Romans five talks about uh, because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this, he's brought us into this undeserved privilege, this grace, right? Mm -hmm. He's brought us into this grace already through Christ. That's exactly right. He's been gracious to us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he brought justice to Jesus. He brought grace and mercy to us. The justice was that sin demands payment, and Jesus paid for our sin. And in so doing, the justice fell on him that the grace could fall on us. One of the things I want to mention, Jody, is that we want to make sure we understand that Jesus is our great high priest who has fulfilled the old covenant law. And so when you, when you think about that, Jesus is in the priesthood according to, the, uh, according to Melchizedek, mm-hmm. which brings you back to the book of Genesis where you see this man by the name of Melchizedek appear in scripture and he blessed Abraham. What did he bless him with? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. Mm. The symbols of the new covenant. Yes. Where Jesus said this, my body... This is my body broken for you. He said, my body is true bread that I give for the life of the world. His blood uh, was poured out. The wine of the new covenant um, was representative by the blood of Jesus that he shed for our forgiveness. Bread and wine is what Melchizedek used. Jesus came and blessed us with his broken body and his blood poured out. Yes. And as he did that, he fulfilled this ironic blessing. He did. He did. And Hebrews talks about Jesus being our great high priest in the order of Melchizedek, not right. Aaron. Right. Right? Specifically. And another thing I just want to want to use in closing here is I think about the the last picture we see of Jesus on earth. The very last picture you see of him on earth. You can find it in Luke uh, chapter 24, verse 50 and 51 and 52. It says this, When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Mm-hmm. Okay, What's he picturing right there? The high priest right. putting up his hands and blessing. The ironic blessing. Yeah. Okay. While he was blessing them, he yeah. left them and was taken up into heaven. Yeah. This is significant. He never lowered his hands. 
He lives every day of our lives to bless us. Yes. His hands are raised up in the ironic blessing. Yes. Right now saying, I fulfilled it. I've completed it. Right. You don't have to look forward for God's face to shine upon you. Right. I have suffered. I have died. I have brought the smiling, shining face of God to you. Right now, you already have it. Right. So true. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Right. This is the end result of seeing your great high priest raise his hands up and bless you eternally. Yes. It's so different than this song that we're looking at that's praying for hopefully at some point in the future you might be blessed. Mm, Right. Well, and, you know, they mean well. I mean, like I said, this is a biblical song. It's a beautiful song. And I think that um, people, it, it, it was, it, it's award-winning because it draws you in. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes the concept of blessing, right? We want that. Yeah. But when we sing songs that imply a future, when it, we, we miss what we've got, right? Yeah. And, and the Bible tells us that to grow and mature in our faith, we need to be growing up in the gospel, which is what we've got. Yes. Right? Christ has blessed us. He has brought us near to Christ. He has made God shine on us and smile at us and bless us richly with every spiritual blessing through his death on the cross and his resurrection. It has been secured with, for us. And that's why when he ascended into heaven and left with his hands outstretched in blessing, he could keep them up. There was no future mm. to it. It was done. It mm. was finished. That's what he said, right? Mm-hmm. And so, huh, you know, if we just made it, um, the Lord has blessed you and keep you, mm-hmm. you know, Change and make it past, past tense, tense yeah. it'd be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, and and we don't want to send the wrong message to our hearers that that what Christ has done is incomplete, right? Or it's going to be future, yes. or some we're, we're looking forward to some atonement, or that it's a temporary <laughs> thing. It's right. not. Um, what we have is eternal and it cannot be taken from us. That's right. So we don't want to pray that God would bring peace to somebody who already has the peace of God. This is something that's important to us, that songs that are merely biblical but not gospel are really not good songs because they give a wrong message. They point to the future sometimes when they should have pointed to the past. Right. Uh, they they get you anticipating something that's already been done. Right. Um, and Jesus didn't say it's just begun. He said it is finished. Right. And uh, of course, his blessing then lasts throughout all eternity for all who believe. It does. As we experience eternal life with him because of his death and resurrection for us. Right. I have a suggestion if you want to redeem this song, maybe uh, somebody in your life really loves it and plays it a lot, or maybe they've heard it and asked you about it, use it to point them to Jesus. Just make it a catalyst for the gospel. Um, you know, yeah, these people, they sang it the old covenant way. You just go ahead and flip that and make it new covenant because we can do that. Yeah, that's right. We rejoice that the Lord has blessed us. Yes. We rejoice that the Lord has kept us in him by his death and resurrection and the work of his Holy Spirit yes. in us. We rejoice that his countenance, his face is now shining upon every believer throughout all eternity. Praise God. And because of the suffering Christ endured for us. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Yes. We just want to rejoice in your finished work and call all people to look, to just look at the cross Mm -hmm. and rejoice in what he's done for you and sing biblical Christian gospel songs. Specifically (laughs) gospel songs because that's what creates true worship in our hearts, right? Yeah. And those are the songs that we're going to sing eternally. Worthy is the lamb that was slain, right? So, I mean, huh. I well, can't wait. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's why it says, Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. You bless us forever. We worship you. It's the way yes. of the gospel. Amen. Thank you for doing this Worship Wednesday with us, folks. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Mm-hmm.